What's up, y'all? It's Miles the Millennial, the millennial who's actually not a millennial, but technically still a millennial. And what's good, y'all? It's your boy Rex Howard Jr., the relationship coach. Yes, sir. And we are back with another episode of Let's Talk Like Men, the podcast where we tell you everything you need to hear about life, your finances, your love life, and everything in between when you're a young man growing up in today's world. Uh, we're back today. It's episode six. Yeah. So... We're going to talk about being comfortable, being too comfortable, and how yeah. to get out of that comfort zone. Uh, this was an idea of Rex's, so I'm going to toss it to you, my <laughs> brother. And without further ado, Man, let's, let's talk, talk like, like men. men. All right, so, well, first of all, before we get into all that, man, how's your week been, bro? Man, it's been a good week. It's actually, actually, yeah, it's been a really good week. Thank you for asking. Um, I've been accomplishing a lot of good things, so I'm excited. November's going to be an exciting month for me, so how are you doing? And I'm doing pretty good. This was my second week of my new job. I just started working at my apartment complex. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of maintaining the crib, making sure it, making sure the apartment looked good. So that's been going pretty smooth, man. My dog's been been real healthy. And I'm actually dog sitting for another uh, person <laughs> in an apartment complex. So it's got a real busy lifestyle. And um, lastly, my uh, I'm in the counseling program at Houston Baptist University. And we created a black group message right for mm -hmm. the black students and it's about 15 to 17 of us and last night we actually went out to eat and met for the first time and the feeling of of being around intellectual individuals that speak your to speak your type of language that understand different kind of concepts and y'all gonna have grown mature conversation it yeah. is absolute game changer and i think that right there rose right into our uh right into our topic of being comfortable or being too comfortable so yeah. let me ask you this has there ever been a point in time in your life where the conversation that you were having um wasn't wasn't going to propel you to be a better man it was going to keep you in that same place have you ever been a part of a group where the conversation just kept you in a very comfortable state yeah man i'll give you a great example so for a little background on myself when i was in probably intermediate school in the early part of high school, I went through what I like to call an identity crisis, mm. right? I was stuck in between two worlds. Um, one was the world where my talents were, the world where I, I knew it was what I was best at, what I was most talented at, which was, you know, being able to speak really well, um, write really well, student nerd, I was a bookworm, all those things, right? That was my route in life. Um, to be successful. And then there was the other route, which was sports. Right. And that was the cooler route. That was the route that kept me around where all my most of my friends had been built was playing football um, and, and, and track and in those sports. And when we got to intermediate school, high school, I was always facing an identity crisis because people would make fun of me for the way I talked. Right. People always call me an Oreo, all these different things that really made me feel kind of like my gift was a curse. Right. And so I would stay in the foot around football to be around more of my black friends to be around you know that type of conversation that made me feel included and cool right yeah. and when i got to high school and i wasn't playing football anymore because my pops told me i couldn't play he's like dude you're 110 pounds trying to play f high school football in texas you're getting murdered <laughs> oh, like, I'm, I'm i'm not putting you out there and i spent that whole year even though i was not on the football team i knew 
everybody on the team and I knew all the coaches because I would come in every single morning before school. I would get there early just so that I could kick it with my boys in the locker room and keep that friendship alive, keep that conversation alive, keep that part of my life alive to make me feel included. But it wasn't doing anything for me. Right. I was a band student. I wanted to go out for debate. I had so many other circles I could have ran with that was for me. Right. And it took me up until my sophomore year for me to realize that that was no longer the place for me, right? That was mm-hmm. my boy's place. That was their place, that's being good. athletes. And that's, that was their place. But where I needed to be to be my best self was going to be around my band friends, was going to be around my my students in my classes or on the debate team. That was what's going to elevate me. And so I had to leave my comfort zone of being around all these cool people with that type of attention and say, I'm going to walk on, on faith and not by sight and just trust that because I know what's what, you know, I feel is best for me. That's where I'm going to put myself. I think that's pretty dope, man. And I, I think for me, it was, it's been multiple times throughout my life, but a major part that I remember is when I made the transition to go from Tennessee state university to university, of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Mm. Right. Now, of course, the guys at Tennessee State, they were grinding, um, great conversation. They were entrepreneurs. They were go-getters. But there was just something about a different group when I got mm. to uh, UTC. And more specifically, when I got into SGA, mm. right, just became a senator. Um, didn't really know the language of SGA, but I'm there. So hearing people talk and using um, using words that I didn't know the meaning of, um, I got to the point where I was no longer center of attention and I was no longer leading conversations. Mm-hmm. I was no longer center of attention. I was no longer leading conversations because when you lead conversations, you feel confident because you know exactly what's going on. You know, yep. the verb is just being used in that group, but I got in this group and you got guys using these words that I've never heard of. And I don't even know the definition to, I don't even know how to you know contextualize all of the information that they're saying. So now I'm sitting back and I'm quiet. Yeah. Right. And that was uncomfortable for me until I started hanging around there more. I started yeah. picking up more. I start, hey, you know what? What do you read to make mm-hmm. you talk like that? You know what I'm saying? Who do you hang around to make your, you know what I'm saying, your dialect like that? And once they start introducing me to certain people, I stepped outside of my comfort zone. And that's when I, be, I noticed myself starting to grow. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I left my other friend group. I maintained that other friend group. But I knew in order for me to grow, I had to get uncomfortable in that situation. Yeah. Um, and that right there helped me out big time. Man, it's crazy that you say that because that same situation that I was speaking on, when I got out of my comfort zone, it literally pro- propelled the rest of my life right mm. to this point. Because when I transitioned from that freshman year, always being around the athletes, I would just go to my other clubs when I needed to. And once I was done, I'd leave it alone. Uh, sophomore year, I had made that decision. Right. And I said something just clicked in me that just turned an animal inside of me. And I was like, no, I'm going to go harder and, and better at everybody when it comes to speaking, you know, and getting opportunities to lead and, and taking my academics seriously. Mm. Right. Um, I, I, I flipped a switch and I had a goal. I wanted to graduate in the top 30 people in my homeroom from our class ranks. And I was at a very competitive high school with a lot of students. We had like 1100 students and so to be in the top 30 in your class i want not 1100 we had 1100 students in our class so to be in the top 30 home room was extremely difficult to accomplish 
And it was super competitive because every last kid from like 100 down was in all pre-AP and AP classes. And it was very competitive. Everybody was always, it was kind of doggy dog. Sometimes people would help, sometimes they wouldn't. But everybody was competing for clout based on their their classification i said okay i'm gonna show you guys like where where what i'm made of but what happened because i did that sophomore year junior year senior year when i went to fisk for college i already had the game plan sold up when i went there i wasn't going to come in there and lollygag around and try to be something that i wasn't i'm gonna come here be my nerdy self own this nerdiness own the leadership skills that i have and you're gonna see me running for positions. You're going to see me being the one that speaks up in class when we have a question. Mm -hmm. You're going to see me be the one that makes it cool to wear my suit, right? Y'all may not have ever seen a black man wear a suit. I'm going to be the freshest black man you ever seen wearing a suit. I'm going to make it look cool. I'm going to be the one that when we had our etiquette seminar, I already knew how to do this stuff because I put myself in position to learn these things. Like I was the one that was going to step up to the plate to do it. And that was because I had gotten look here's a key point i had gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable and because mm, i was I there that. nothing could stop me going forward because see once once you are comfortable with uncomfortable situations you have a superpower because the thing yep. that makes everything everybody else run away you know when things aren't comfortable they don't know what to do it usually makes everybody else run away i run towards it right yep. i see it through I stick through situations when I know I don't understand something because I recognize that this is an opportunity for growth, not an opportunity to stop me, right? This isn't an obstacle, it's an opportunity. And so being, that's such a lesson that I want people to really get adapted to is make yourself comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable and you will be able to accomplish anything in this world. Man, that's super deep, bro. And I got a perfect example for you when it comes to that. Um, Like I said, when I got a UTC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, be, I joined the entrepreneurship club, right? I thought that was dope, but, you know, I already had Rex fit going for myself. And I was like, you know what? I want to continue to expand. So I'm in this class and you had to create a business. And I had this idea that I wanted to create a, um, a smoothie business, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love smoothies. I'm like, college students love smoothies. I'm like, it'd be great. My teacher came to me. She said, Rex, we got this elevator pitch coming up next week and I want you to be there. Not mm-hmm. only do I want you to be there, I want you to speak in it and I want you to pitch your business. Hmm. And that automatically made me nervous. Yeah. I was like, what you mean? Like, <laughs> I thought this yep. was just for fun. So she was like, um, it's, it's a two minute and 30 second speech. Now, as you know, being a speaker, mm-hmm. two minutes, 30 seconds could feel like forever yep. <laughs> or it can go by really fast depending on how yep. comfortable you are. So with me not ever pitching a business before I wasn't comfortable. So I written, I written down, wrote down my uh my speech and i went over and i went over and i went over it and the day of the speech you got you or the day of the pitch you got um people in there volunteering just to get hours for their class mm-hmm. there's 150 people in a seat in the stand <laughs> right and yeah. you got you got people up there pitching businesses that are legit that they're asking for two hundred thousand. they're asking for a hundred thousand. and i mean i'm yeah. looking like according to what i'm looking for all i need is five or ten so uh-huh. I got up there and not only that, I don't like being recorded, mm-hmm. right? So you had a, two big professional cameras, one on the side of me and one in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I got braces in at the time too. <laughs> so I'm taking L's from all angles. So with that being the case, I get up there, nervous as I'll get out, but I feel good because I look good. I got my suit on. Mm-hmm. 
Got my K-side pin up. So look, y'all yep. know what's going on. Yep. So I get I get up there and I speak. And although it was uncomfortable, after I did it, that was something I can mark off the list and something I feel more comfortable doing because I took that step of faith. And a lot of people in my friend group was like, bro, you tripping? I would never get up there and do that. And mm-hmm. I was like, listen, where I'm trying to go, I can't remain comfortable. And the type of lifestyle I want, the type of money I want to make, the type of family I want to create, I can't be comfortable because I, if I'm too comfortable now, my future is going to pay for it. I couldn't yeah. afford it. That's real. Can you afford to be comfortable? Mm. Right. There's a price to pay for growth. There's a price to pay for your success. And that price is going to be discomfort. It's yep. going to be the, the discomfort of long and stressful nights. It's going to be the discomfort of social anxiety because you have to become a people person. It's yep. going to be the discomfort of believing in yourself, believing yep. that you actually have the ability to do something great and bigger than what other people told you you're supposed to be doing. Yep. The belief in yourself to step outside of the box that the world has created for you and that you've created for yourself. Right. And that is the price to pay to be great at anything in this life. And so I love the fact that you recognize that, look, if I want to get to where I want to go, it's going to be more moments like these that are on my way. And so I, I would love to talk about this concept. Right. What you what you did there and what I did when we made those decisions to, to take the uncomfortable path is we did what I like to call the snowball effect. Yeah. And it's taking a lot of small wins. Right. A lot of small circumstances. And as you build on them, it gains momentum. And so by the time you get to something big, it's not as big as it would have been had you just never did it before. You you going to a pitch and asking somebody for a million dollars would seem unreal if you'd never done a business proposal before. Right. But because you've done one before and because you've spread your business so many times and, and chased your dreams with Rex Fit and build it to where you know you've had classes with 20, 30, 100 people. Right. You know that you have something that's valuable. Yep. And so if you needed to go and say, I'm going to speak on this because I believe on it. You know, you could. Yeah, Snowball no, 100%. Effect. So let me ask you this, bro. Um, your business, within business and sales, mm. have you ever, have you ever gotten to the point where you were so comfortable with charging a certain amount that you were uncomfortable with raising your prices? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, when I started speaking, I'll, I'll, I'll start, I'll go with the speaking route first. So, when I started speaking, I would basically take anything, right? If you gave me $100, I was going to be happy. If you told me it was free. And and granted, I think that there's a level, right? Because right. when you're getting started, the biggest thing is to get yourself out there, to get practice. You can't demand something and you can't show nothing for it, right? You can't 100%. sit here and say, well, I've done this before. I deserve this amount. I demand this amount, right? You can't go out there asking for, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> numbers to speak or Eric Thomas numbers to speak. And you've never spoken to a crowd larger than 50 people, right? right? So what I realized is, okay, when I started, I have to do it this way. But what I, I had to get to a point was, okay, if you want to grow and people are seeing this value in you, they heard about you from somebody, that means you bring something to the table that's valuable. 100%. So don't do no more stuff for free. All right. It's going to be a fee. And so what I did to to give myself the power to do that is I created an, a spreadsheet and a guideline for myself. Right. Where I, I, I created a questionnaire for anybody that wanted to book me. And so if you want to book me to speak, you submit this question, this questionnaire form. It's five or six questions. And I base my prices based on the, the, the things you select. 
If you just these aren't my actual numbers, but just to give an example, let's use small numbers. If you have a group of one to twenty five, then I'm only charge you two hundred dollars. Right. Two hundred dollars may be my cap. If you have a group of one to fifty or twenty-five to fifty, it may be five hundred dollars as a cap. If you have fifty or more, it may be a thousand dollars, right? So that is a way that I put guardrails around my discomfort. And I said, look, this is your system, Miles. Yeah. You're not just coming up with this out of thin air. And when you give people a pricing sheet and show it, what I realize is if people are already coming to you, right? They're coming on their own accord because they see the value yeah. in what you're doing. You are more than worthy to request that value to be returned. Man, that's that's facts. That's absolute facts. Also, check this out. I listened to a podcast the other day, right? Mm-hmm. And it said, it said a lot of, he was like, the guy that I was talking, he was talking about and during his sales time. He was like, I was comfortable with charging um, $250 for mm-hmm. my services because that's what my number was. And mm-hmm. he was like, I was, I was uncomfortable raising my prices because I had thought to myself, I never spent more than $250 on coaching or mm-hmm. on hearing the speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. It was like, but once I paid for it on my mm-hmm. own, I began to get more comfortable with charging that certain amount. So yeah, I want you to speak on that a little bit. See if you had that experience, like have you paid for something that w- which mm-hmm. made you feel like you, uh, you got more value out of it? Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of courses that I've taken over the past year. Um, Courses on writing books, courses on marketing, courses on a lot of different things, right? I'm I'm really waiting for the right time that's coming in 2022, right? Where I'm going to take this like $1,900 Speakers Academy, right? That's next. Um, but what I've noticed is the more I go through these courses and I invest in myself, I recognize that other people have to be willing to invest in themselves too, 100%. right? I seen I saw the returns of these courses. I, I saw the value in it and it helped me. And so... If I'm doing something from my perspective that I know I understand well enough to charge people for and they don't see that value, that's fine. They don't have to see that value. But I'm not going to compromise with them on what I know to be valuable because in all likelihood, I probably am coming to you guys at a, at a, a better value than what somebody else is charging. And 100%. if you want to go to them to figure out that they're going to sell you the same thing as me and you want to pay more, go ahead. Right. But the difference is. You have to know, you have to be very careful and cognizant of what your value is. 100%. And if you can sit there and say, well, there's somebody else out there and you can point, is there somebody else doing what you're doing and what do they charge? Right. There's a baseline. And if there's nobody doing what you're doing, then shoot for the stars. And if you don't hit them, at least you land on top of the world. At least you land on top of the world. Like you said, if you have that confidence, but you have the information, you have the research to back up what you're talking about. Exactly. If you if you if you've gotten results, reviews from people, you help different people out. And like you said, shoot for the stars. Right. Exactly. Do, get step outside of your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way you're gonna grow. And I give you another perfect example. And this is my most recent uncomfortable situation. And that was making my move to Houston, Texas. Mm. Right. So let's put like this. Um, I signed my lease December December fifteenth of twenty twenty. Right. Mm-hmm. I signed my lease um, via DocuSign, but I wasn't supposed to move in until the 29th of December. They told me, Mr. Howard, um, your your moving fee is going to be eleven hundred dollars. Oh, I, I said, OK, cool. At that time, I had three hundred dollars to my name. Mm-hmm. So that means I got two, a little bit under two weeks to make this money. Yeah. So I'm grinding out. I make I make all this money. bro. tell me why on on December 28th. I get on the road, 
with twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> I spent a hundred dollars on gas to come to Houston. I spent eleven hundred dollars once I got to Houston. I had to borrow yeah. four I had to borrow four hundred from family and friends. So I spent a hundred of that on on groceries and a blow up mattress. And then that last three hundred just had to stretch it out. So you I'm mm-hmm. I'm jumping into something brand new. I'm in a new city, a new state. I'm nine hundred and forty miles away from the crib. Right. Yeah. No family, no friends. Yeah. And I got three hundred dollars to my name. Yeah. Three hundred dollars to my name. When I tell you that is the most uncomfortable I've the most uncomfortable I've ever been and still uncomfortable simply because every single day is intentional. Every single day I gotta grind. Every single day there can be no excuses. Every single day I gotta use every single minute and hour just to make sure I'm doing what what needs to be done so I can stay here. Yeah. And a bit a big motivation for me was this. When I toured Houston, um last august when i toured houston i seen downtown and right next to downtown there was a ton of homeless people underneath mm. the bridge by the by the uh, downtown buildings and i yeah. told myself if i don't work hard this is gonna be me mm. so my motivation was is either rex you make this money and you make it happen or you're homeless it was yeah. never or move home yeah it was you didn't give yourself no outs <laughs> I didn't give myself no else. It was make this money or be homeless. Everybody was like, Rex, you're not ready for it. Um, you, you you don't have enough money saved up. But if I had waited and listened to what everybody else uh, believed that I could do or told me that I should do, then I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Right? So that being the case, for me, that was one of my most uncom- uncomfortable situations. And out of that, I've met a lot of great people. I continue to grind. I made many connections. I've got myself a job. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing pretty good. Paying my yeah. bills and that's good. I'm I'm continuing to strive and now we're working on whatever the next level is gonna be. Yeah. So with that being the case, man, I feel like so much can happen in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And I think people have to learn, especially in, in since we're talking about the concept of finances, right? Um when when you talk about financial discomfort, you have to learn that there is no excuse and there is no outs, right? I love what you did there because what you really did was you created a situation where you got to win or you basically die. Like (laughs) when you give yourself an ultimatum like that, when you give yourself an ultimatum like that, it does something to you. Right. When you tell yourself it has to work or it has to work, you find a way to make it work. And too many times we give ourselves so many other options. Well, I'm going to do this. But if after two weeks something, you know, doesn't click, then I'm going to go this way. And then if that doesn't work, I'll go this way. And every single time we turn around, we always got the next backup plan going. And when you give yourself an option to fail, more times than not, you will fail. Because you're going to face adversity towards anything that you're doing. That's something I don't think people want to accept. Right. When you become a person that sits there and says, I know I'm going to go through hell to achieve this and I'm okay with it. You gain control over that situation. But when most people never want to admit it, most people want to come into situations. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to make it work and it's going to be perfect. No, it's not. It's not going to be that way. Every single thing that can go wrong will probably go wrong and it'll probably all happen at the same time. Now, are you okay with that? Is it worth it still? And if the question is yes then you ready. But if yeah. the question is, uh, I don't know if it's worth it, then that means you ain't ready for that and you need to chill. Like, you just don't need to go. You just need to let go of that dream because you, you're you not ready or deserving for it yet if you're not willing to put everything on the line to achieve it. 
literally everything on the line is either is either balls to the wall or nothing mm-hmm. at all. You exactly. feel me? So, but listen, let's shift gears real quick because I know we're short on time. And you know we got to get on a relationship uh, tip. Facts. So I want to yeah. ask you, um, what does being comfortable or uncomfortable look like in relationships? Ah, that's a great. That's a great one. So, a big way that that works in relationships is you get complacent, right? I think the comfort comes from a place of complacency to where you have been with this person for a little minute, right? You did all these things to court her, to date her, to get her attention, whatever. Um, she does all these things herself to make sure you're happy. Everybody is always non-toxic at the beginning for the most part. Everybody's always their best selves. I was having a conversation with my pops about this exact topic the other day, right? And you get to a point to where people start to show you who they actually are, right? You stop waking up in the morning, making sure you do all the, the little things so that she doesn't have to stress before she go to work, right? You stop getting the flowers, um, to make her feel special. She stops doing the small things, cooking a meal for you when you get off work, all those different things, the small stuff, right? And when you get comfortable, people start to feel like they've lost you and they've lost the value of you, right? Because they're so used to you being one way. And now you don't do those things anymore. You don't have that same hunger. And what I found is anytime you get comfortable in situations, people do one of two things, right? They either leave you or they take advantage of you. Yeah, it's one of those two options. And so as a man, right, because we talking like men, you have to always have a fire lit under your ass to say that in these areas of my life that are important to me, I need to always be looking for what is next. Yeah. Right. In your relationship, that looks like saying, OK, we don't went on these dates. You know, we did all this stuff like, all right, what's the next thing for us? Do we take a trip? You know, she's been asking me about going on this particular date or even the outlook like, OK, do we want to start talking about investments, you know, and, and how we can both grow financially, uh, spiritually? Do we want to start going to church every single Sunday? Right. It's those things, the small areas where you sit down and you say, what is the next level that we can get to to make ourselves better individuals and a better couple? And when you're working on that path, your relationship will be in a lot better situation. But if you let yourself become complacent with the person that you love, they will either use you or they'll leave you. And I'm going to add one more to it. You said they will use you or they will leave you or they will find somebody else to do the things that you Real. used to do while they're still while with you. While they're still with you, yeah. You feel me? So it's like yeah. it's like speaking to the fellas. I'm going to speak to the ladies too, but speaking to the fellas is like if you start something, that term, keep that same energy, mm-hmm. is, is huge. And don't get too comfortable. Like Miles said, always be looking for what's next. Not looking for the next woman. But looking for what's the next way for me to please my woman? What's the next way for me to pour into my woman? What's the next way for me to pour into this relationship? Mm -hmm. So if that if that means that, okay, cool, we've had conversations based on this, but we're just on surface level. Now Mm -hmm. it's time to have these uncomfortable conversations so we can continue to grow. Now it's time to, to do things outside of our comfort zone. So, you know, our relationship will stay on 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 at the highest level. So I think that right there. It's so huge, and once you start to get too comfortable, um, you can you can feel it. You don't you don't mm-hmm. wear the same things, you don't yep. say the same things, you don't go the same type of places, and like you said, your partner may not feel valued, your partner may not feel beautiful, your partner may not feel appreciated because like you cut off everything that you normally do, 
and now you're too comfortable. So, fellas, if you're listening, I need you to get uncomfortable within your relationship so you can continue to pour into your um your partner. And for the ladies, if I don't want you to just get so comfortable with accepting, receiving, yeah. and receiving, and receiving, and receiving, fellas can be the same way. But yep. it has to be a, a give and take. And I need you to get uncomfortable with that as well, because just as much as you want him to pour into you, give you, and to make sure you're good, he needs the same thing in return. Exactly. Man, you, you make a great point. The simple fact that like in a relationship, comfort can be the biggest deterrent. It can be the thing that destroys it so quick because you both get in this space where you know I got him, he, he got me, we ain't going nowhere. So why do I need to do this? Right. Yep. And that's when you lose somebody, because something that's a human, a human trait, like people love to feel desired. People love to feel needed. People love to feel wanted. When is the last time? And this is for every man and woman listening. When is the last time you made your partner feel like they were the most sexy and beautiful person in the mm, world to you? Great question. Right. Do you text them and tell them you are just so beautiful? Like, I love you. Right. Do you say that? Do you let her know that she stands above every single other girl? Right. One of the best things that you can do, right? This is a little trick for the fellas. If you know you're standing in a room, your girl, she dolled up, everybody else dolled up, and you know it's some other beautiful women in that room, right? Trust me when I say your girl is already self-consciously comparing herself probably to these other everybody. girls and, and maybe even thinking, I wonder, do he see what we see over there? That girl with, with the big booty or this, that, that. <laughs> One of the quickest ways to calm that down is if you look your girl dead in the eyes or you whisper in her ear and you tell her, babe, none of these girls got shit on you. Okay. Right? Like doing that puts confidence in her and, and, and it makes her reassured in her, of her place in your life. Right. And that's how you show that I'm not getting comfortable. I'm not sitting here settling because she don't she doesn't want to feel like you're settling for her. She wants to feel like you're bossing up because you're with her. 100%. And then the same way from her. When's the last time you made your man feel like he was sexy to you? Do you tell him that or do yep. you just not care anymore because, you know, you got him? The same things you did to get her or him are the same things you need to do to keep them. Yep. Right. The second you start changing up the script. That's when they will either let's do it again. They will either leave you. They will either use you or they'll start to be with you, but they'll get their needs fulfilled by somebody else because somebody's going to do it. Somebody will take care of the places where you're dropping the ball as a man or a woman in your relationship. And if you don't want somebody being able to creep through to do those things, then you make sure you stay on top of your business and don't let anybody have a chance. Man, listen, bro. I think that's it. That's real. That's it. I, I think I think I think we touched on so many valuable points that people could take notes on that can help people relationships that can help people in their personal life and this conversation could go on for days but I think that right there sums up everything that we needed to get out um, to the people man that's a fact so let's see do you have any last quotes or anything last to say to end the messages off with and then I'll go let me see for some reason this it, this is in my head to whom much is given much is expected mm. right. So with that being the case, when you're ready to step outside your comfort zone, hmm. God already he's already preparing you for it. You just gotta step into it. He's he's yeah. already he's already giving you the words, he's already giving you the resources, he's already giving you the things that you need to make it happen. So now you now is your time to, to execute and in relationships and personal life and with your finances. So that's that's what I got for him. That's real. I'm gonna hit you guys with this, and this is straight to my men, to my fellas. All right, fellas. 
The second you get comfortable with yourself in any area of your life, you stop becoming an attractive man. Okay. Mm. And that's in any area. You start letting yourself go physically, gaining all that extra weight, drinking all that beer and you don't do nothing to fix it. You're losing your attractiveness. You start letting yourself go financially. You stop caring about your money. You stop thinking of new ways to improve yourself at your career, chasing promotions, whatever. You start to become less attractive. You stop being chasing your spiritual goals, your goals with your girl, your goals for your personal life. Right. That energy right there, that masculine energy is designed to be put to work. And when you aren't chasing things, when you aren't chasing goals, when you aren't chasing the things that you really desire out of life, you are no longer an attractive man. That's huge. So I'm going to leave you all with this message. And other than that, I think we are good, man. That is, you know, episode six of Let's Talk About Men. We hit on everything. This is, you know, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm Miles the Millennial. I'm Rex Howard Jr., the relationship coach. And we out. Yes, sir. See y'all next week. Peace.